together in church and be led into beautiful worship to be with friends, championing one another on. We're blessed, hey, so blessed. And we've been so blessed, as Josh said, to have Sarah and Trent with us this weekend. Josh and I have had some awesome dinners with them and chats and our kids have had a ball and got up to lots of mischief. It's been great. And I know that um, what Trent has to share this morning is going to be a blessing to you just as they have been to us. So let's give Trent a massive hand as he comes up to share with us. Thanks, Trent. Cool. Thanks, Sarah. Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's great to be here. Um, we, we had a long time connection with these guys. I think maybe Sarah and I have been married a couple of months and we came to visit a weekend up here in Ulladulla. Got to meet Sarah for the first time. Uh, but um, known Josh and Sarah for a number of years and a number of people. But it's been great to connect with you guys over the weekend. And, and it was great. Ryan and Eb looked after all the kids last night so we could go out for dinner. So thank you, guys. Um, however, they've taught our kids some bad things. Um, <laughs> So we're sitting there at dinner last night and, um, and my phone rings with Sarah's phone number coming up on the phone, right? And I'm going, hey, you're ringing me. Your phone's in your pocket. You're accidentally dialing me. And she's like, no, I'm not. Look, and, and it was seriously, Sarah's phone number was coming up there. And then about 10 minutes later, the same thing happens to Sarah. And we're going, what's, what's going on? Long story short, Ryan's hooked up some dodgy techno thing and... <laughs> teaching my children how to like spam call people with other caller ID, right? We're going to pray for Ryan later. And, and so since, what, 9.30 last night to the moment they arrived here at church and even, who are we going to prank? Who are we going to call? And um, so, but they're having great heaps of fun and... Um, and so it was good for them to just connect and have fun. Hey, I want to share with you some thoughts this morning and um, just to open up God's Word a little bit. But this week, um, so we've just come up for the weekend. We're going to connect with the guys in Batemans Bay tomorrow, but our kids finish school. Um, so Victoria, we're a week ahead, school holidays. And, and I think on Thursday, we've got our kids' school reports. And, um, and our oldest, Charlie's in year five, so he's just gone into middle school at the school that he's at. And so he's in that next level now where they're grading like, you know, E's to A's and all that sort of deal. And, and so I like to wind him up a little bit too. And I'm like, hey, your reports came in on email. And he's gone, how was it? And I've gone, have dinner and we'll sit at the table afterwards and we'll talk about your report. So some people are like, oh, that's terrible. So I like to wind him up. He's like, is everything okay? And it was overall really good. Um, but there was some stuff that we sat with and, and you know... Charlie's our eldest. He's um, emotional. He's not like Sarah and I. Like we, we can connect well, and but we're not emotional beasts. Charlie's an emotional beast, and um, so. But all through his report, all these different subjects, he's kind, he's caring, but can get distracted at times and needs to focus more on his work and all these things. But the, the core of it was that, hey, he's caring for people and here's some things that he could work on and his academics and stuff. So we sat down at the table and debriefed that and, and then almost a reserve, reverse with Ollie, well, that as well, but some different things that they had to work on. And, 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 and so I just had the opportunity and it's the first time really we've sat down with them and gone through that. Um, and, and it was just an opportunity to speak into the character of who they are and not just what they do. And, um, you know, like I could have just looked at the, at the C's and the B's and go, hey, mate, why haven't you got A's? And, and we had some of that discussion and it wasn't a, 
hey, you must have, but hey, take your C's to a B's. How can we get you there? Um, take your B's to an A's, but hey, your character is awesome. And, and so we just spoke life into that, but also improvement. And, and today I want to talk to us about the character of, of, of God and the identity he's put in us and what it is about who we are more than what we do. And, and so I want to open up the scripture a bit today and, and look at First Chronicles 17. And just to set some backstory, this, this is about David. Um, David has conquered a whole bunch of armies. He's um, started to set up Jerusalem. And he's there and he's got people around about him to advise him. The prophet Nathan is there and, and David's settled. And they're, they're, they've got Jerusalem happening. There's a city there. And David begins to look at what next. And he, he knows that he, he hears from God. He's heard from God before. But in verse 1... And so I'm just going to read a whole bunch of this. Um, when David was settled in his palace, he summoned Nathan the prophet. Look, David said, I'm living in a beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of the Lord's covenant is out there under a tent. So just to give you a picture if you don't understand. So the, the ark of the covenant was this big box that basically the Ten Commandments lived in. And the Israelites carried them from point A to point B to point C. Wherever they went, they carried them. And God had given them really clear instructions about how to set up a place of worship called the tabernacle. And, and now, and it was a temporary structure. They could pack it up, put it in their, on their carts and transport it from place to place to place. But now Jerusalem was settled. David's going, well, what now? And, and so um, this is where we're here in this scripture. And so Nathan the prophet replied to David, do whatever you have in mind for God is with you. But the same night, God said to Nathan, go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord has declared. You are not the one to build a house for me to live in. I've never lived in a house from the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day. My home has always been a tent, moving from one place to another in a tabernacle. Yet no matter where I've gone with the Israelites, I've never once complained to Israel's leaders, the shepherds of my people. I've never asked them, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar house? Now go and say to my servant David, so this is God speaking to Nathan the prophet here, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my people, Israel. I've been with you wherever you have gone and I've destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. Now I will make your name as famous as anyone who's lived on the earth. And I'll provide a homeland for my people, Israel, planting them in secure place where they'll never be disturbed. Evil nations won't oppress them as they have done in the past, starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people, Israel, and I'll defeat all your enemies. Furthermore, I declare that the Lord will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die and join your ancestors, I will raise up one of your descendants, one of your sons, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for me, and I will secure his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will never take my favor from him as I took it from the one who ruled before you. I will confirm him as king over my house and my kingdom for all time, and his throne will be secure forever." So Nathan went back to David and told him everything that the Lord had said in this vision. As we read through in this chapter, we see that David actually goes and makes a change. Uh, he, he goes and decides to put a pause 
on that thought, that process of, of building a house for God's to live in or a temple. And so the first point I want to pick up on today is, if, you, if you're taking notes, is not wrong, not right. Have you ever been in a situation where, you, where you're not wrong but you're not right? You know, it's not a bad idea, but it's not necessarily the right idea either. Um, you know, David's heart was in the right place. He was in, even, the, even the response that he had from Nathan the prophet was, and I think Nathan was so used to David just walking in God's step time and time again that he's just gone, no worries, you're onto it. God's got it sorted. But then he had a word that came from God. Now, David himself, he didn't have an intent to do anything wrong. His heart was in a good place, but it was not what God had asked him to do. God didn't ask him to do it. You know, sometimes our intent might be right, but we've got to ask ourselves the question, are we hearing from God? Um, you know, a little while ago, Ollie, our youngest one, he's eight now. He's a bit more practical and wants to help out around the house, right? Which is great. Um, and I said, hey, we've got to do some jobs around the house. And he's like, right, I want to paint. Has anyone ever let an eight-year-old loose with a paint? With paint? Yeah. So we let our older one around the outside of it. We've got an old 50s weatherboard house in the hills of Melbourne. It's a beautiful spot. But we needed like the, you know, the, the lower part of the bottom of the house painted. So that's rough as, and that's fine. Go for it. So the older one had wanted to save up to buy an iPad. And so how can I earn money? And so he'd been painting, but he stopped to the point where he got enough money for his iPad. So there's like, <laughs> I'm dead set serious, right? So there's this nice painted bit and I haven't got back to finish it off and it kind of stops and then it's like a bit more weathered and that sort of thing. And I'm like, hey, do you want to earn some more money? And just teaching him that because we'd pay him a little bit each time he did it. And he's like, no, 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 I've got what I wanted now. <laughs> so we're working on that one. So then Ollie decided, hey, can I, can I paint? And I'm like, that's really good that you want to help, but it's not that helpful. I didn't say it in those words but I said how about we rake leaves and said no I want to paint and so his heart was right yeah his intent was right but it wasn't actually the best thing for our home <laughs> he'll get there and we'll train him and, and that'll be okay but it's like in this situation uh, David wanted to do the right thing for God but he hadn't actually heard from the father he hadn't heard that 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 was what he needed to do you know, I'm sure David was glad that he heard from the prophet. Uh, it would have been a humbling experience, but I'm, I bet he's glad that he heard. Because imagine, imagine the effort to build the temple. And you can read later on in, in the Bible about how the, the amount of materials that they needed and the effort and the, the years and years and years. Um, I don't know about you, but I get frustrated when I put effort into things that are fruitless. Uh, or, or go after something that's actually not that beneficial in that moment in time. And, um, and it could have been a distraction too for what God had actually wanted David to do in that time. Um, we've, we've got some friends that... Um, so we pastored a church, Sarah and I, in Torquay, very similar area on the south coast of um, Australia. So down uh, where Rip Curl and all those guys are from. And, and so similar to Ulladulla on the coast, beautiful town. And then we moved to the suburbs in Melbourne. People are like, what were you doing? But God called. Um, but we led a church there for five years and um, we had some great friends. And they used to love the amazing race. 
Any Amazing Race fans? I hate it. I, I hate the show. And um, they would love it and they'd be like, hey, how good was Amazing Race this week? And I'm like, I didn't watch it. And they'd be so into it, which is fine. They'd be so into it that they'd go, let's have an Amazing Race party. <laughs> so we're like, yeah, let's go and connect with them. And so they set up all the beanbags and they just loved it. But, you know, I haven't watched it a lot, but if, if you're into it, you'd know that there'd be points along the, the, the idea is to go from one point in a country to potentially another country and, and get there first, really, that's the summary of it. But along the way, there's roadblocks, hey, and there's distractions that come along. And I, I flicked it on the other night, late, um, and it was on TV, and then this couple had to remember some Chinese proverb and recite it back to this guy and it was really long and they stuffed it up about 15 times and they just like, what a distraction. Um, and, and, you know, I, I looked at that and go, in the context of this scripture, the distraction that it could have been for David if he hadn't heard from God could have been detrimental to him and the people. And so while his heart was right, he needed to understand that it wasn't the right time. And so sometimes in our lives, we can have things that are not wrong, but not right either. And so we need to be in a place where we're willing to hear what God has to say. You know, we can go to the other extreme as well, where we're like, hey, God, you need to tell me what to have for breakfast today. <laughs> God, what clothes am I going to wear today? That's the other extreme, yeah? Um, I, I don't know. Um, Ruth and Wayne are our senior pastors and Ruth will continually pray for a car park. I'm not judging you if you do that, but she'll go to the supermarket, God, give us a car park in the right spot and Wayne tells her to be quiet in a nice way. But, but praying for the, the really, God's given us a brain as well. So we have to filter the two extremes of that. I'm not saying, anyway, we don't have time to pull that one apart. Some people do, and, and there's no problem with that. What I'm saying is that we, we've got to determine what are the things God's speaking to us about and filter it through and even get confirmation if required if we're making big decisions that impact our lives and other people's lives. So not wrong, not right. Number two is who, not what. God wasn't focused on what David did for him, but who he was. Like my boys... I wanted them to understand they needed to progress better in their schooling, but ultimately their character mattered more and who they were. And, and so we got through it and Charlie being a bit emotional, he's there and he's like, oh, I, just, I just want to do bad, better and he's getting a bit upset and I've gone, put all that aside, no matter what, we love you, no matter what, but we want you to do the best. But God cares more about who you are than what you do. And I don't know how you're wired, but for me, I'm task-driven. Um, I like to do things. You know, like Josh and I have been talking, you know, Josh is a tradie. I, I was doing that before I was in ministry. And like doing stuff feels like you achieve something. Hey, and often we can, a distraction can come where we're going, oh, what can I do for God? God wants us to do things for him, but ultimately who we are matters more. And so God came and reminded David here who he was. He didn't just say, hey, don't do that. That's a bad idea. Who knows if someone comes and says, just stop. That's a bad idea. We just go, well, there's this, all this questioning. But what God did, he spoke into his life. And he says there in verse 7, 
Um, I, I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be my leader of people. So he says, here's where you've come from and here's where I've taken you to. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten where I've taken you from and brought you to? Um, I've been with you wherever you have gone and I've destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. Now I'll make you as famous as anyone has ever lived. So he just speaks into his life, speaks into who he is. You know, who you are in God is far more important than what you do. Our identity should always be found in Jesus. And our identity should be linked to him. You know, the Bible says faith without works is dead. But our identity shouldn't be in our works. So if right now, whatever you do to serve God, whether it's in your workplace, your, um, your church, your family, whatever it is, if those works were taken away, is your world going to crumble? You know, you know is, if something goes bad, is, is that just going to change your identity or is your identity in Christ? It doesn't mean it's not difficult. It doesn't mean it's not painful. But is your identity solid in him? And God had to say to, to David, hey, your identity needs to be in me. Here's where I've brought you from. It's important that we serve him. It's important that we see his kingdom grow. It's important that we do things that bring satisfaction to our life as well. You know, God's created us to follow after his purposes, but we can't be purely defined by those things. You know, God's made you to be you. He hasn't made you to be someone else. He hasn't made you to copy someone else, to be someone that you're not. He's worried about who you are and the relationship that he's got with you. You know, um, our boys, this, not this year, uh, but they've been doing basketball as sport. And we wanted to get them into that to be in a social environment. But they're not overly sporty. I'm not so sporty. Sarah played basketball when she was 10 or something, did you? Any of those pump-up shoes, was that right? Yeah, yeah, I, I tease her. So cool, so cool. Um, we're not doing that this year for a few reasons. But they weren't very good at it, right? And so Charlie was like, it was like cats chasing this ball around the court, right? <laughs> You know, like where you've got a kitten and you're flicking a bit of paper around and all this. Sort of thing. I'm just like, it was painful to watch. It was painful to watch. But again, in those moments, I, I just had to come back to, hey, we, we, we care about who you are. Because he'd walk after going basketball. We lost and I didn't get to shoot a goal and all. That doesn't matter. Um, but it's who you are that matters. And, and the team that they're a part of was so good um, and encouraging. You know, when we, um, where we see that there's a plan that needs to be implemented, God can often have different ideas of how to go about that. You know, like David, he's gone, I want to build this temple. God, I want you to live there. But God might have another idea. And so we need to be open and willing to hear from God. So in verse 11, um, God continues to speak to David through Nathan, he says, For when you die and join your ancestors, I'll raise up one of your descendants, one of your sons, and I'll make his kingdom strong. You know, this thought could have been that it was Solomon, his, his son. And, you know, um, Jesus 
actually is who he's talking about here. Uh, You know, David in that context wouldn't have understood that there was this someone generation after generation after generation that would come and actually be who God was talking about. And he's saying, hey, don't get distracted with just building a building right now. That'll come. Don't don't get distracted, but hey, something's going to be incredibly more profound than a building that's going to come. And and I don't know if you've been in a context where God's spoken to you and said something, and then hindsight later on is a wonderful thing. You go, hey, God said this way back. Um, you know, we were talking with Josh and Sarah yesterday about, you know, how do you guys come to meet each other? And we were sharing about how we met each other. And there was a prophecy that, that I'd got when before Sarah and I had really met each other that spoke about me finding a right wife. And God had spoken to Sarah about that. In the, she was in the same church meeting. We weren't dating or anything, but God had said I'd be her husband and all this sort of thing while she was sitting with her boyfriend at the time. <laughs> I don't have time to go into the whole thing. She just chased me and um, just went over, over like months. She just, and I'm, I'm here to confess I'm just burdened by the pain of that today. No, we have an incredible marriage. But, but God spoke, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And when God says something at one point, we don't see the full picture and it's annoying and it's frustrating, but God knows that we can't always comprehend everything he's got for us. And David's being told here, hey, um, your ancestry, your, your future of your family is going to be profound. And in that moment, I'm sure he's gone, you know, when, when Nathan came and shared this from God, said, I'll raise up one of your descendants, one of your sons, and I'll make his kingdom strong. And people even in the moment would have gone, oh, that's Solomon. Solomon's coming along and he's going to build the temple. And hey, that prophecy's f- fulfilled. But it took hundreds of years later for this prophecy to actually be filled. Be filled. And it says, He's the one who will build a house, a temple for me, and I'll secure, secure his throne forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. He's talking about Jesus there. And, and we know that, that David was uh, basically the, the father of that, those generations. Look at the first part of Matthew. You can read generation after generation. God's saying, hey, something more profound than building a building is going to come from your, from your life. So listen to me. God was not intending to live in a tent or in a building forever. He, he needed that. Solomon came along and built it. But what he's saying there is, hey, Jesus is coming. He's going to be the ultimate temple. He's going to be the one that is pe- are going to allow people to connect with me as God and focus on that. You know, and once David realized what had happened, something clicked. So, something changed in him where he's gone, oh, I've, I've got to listen to this prophetic word. And something changed. He, he went from a place of, oh, here's a good plan. This is what we're going to do. But he took a pause. And, and this is my third point, change of plans. David was willing to change his plan. I don't know what it's like for you, but if I have a plan, I like to stick to it and get to the end of that plan. No matter what comes up, hey, we've set out a plan. So we drove up here on, on Friday I'm like, we're stopping as little as possible. Go to the toilet, boys, before we go. Go as hard as you can because we're not... I was just thinking how to appropriately put that, but 
And I don't know you, but I'm leaving tomorrow, so that's okay. <laughs> Squeeze out as much as you can, because we're not stopping a whole bunch, right? You record this, eh? Uh-oh. And so um, I, I, didn't, I had a plan. I like, we're going to stop for here for lunch and all that sort of thing, and we had a great trip up. But I don't know what it's like for you, but if you have a plan, it's often hard to deviate from that plan, depending on your personality, how you're wired. Um, it would have been so easy for David to go, no, this is what we're doing. This is the next thing. Like, we, we're here. And I'm sure people were coming. Even Nathan the prophet said, go with it. That, that's what you should do. People are probably saying, well, hang on, we've been here in Jerusalem. Why would you not build the temple? People giving him grief. Don't you care about God? Don't, don't, don't you care that you're living in this beautiful place, but God, imagine the... The, the, the turmoil that he might have been going through. Voices on both sides. David had to choose to hear from God and be willing to change his plan. Um, in, in verse 16, um, and I didn't read this before, but King David then went, sat, went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, Who am I, O Lord God, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? So he's recognizing, hey, look where I've come from. And now, O oh God, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving uh, your servant a lasting dynasty. You speak as though I were someone very great. What more can I say to you about the way you've honoured me? You know what your servant is really like. For the sake of your servant, O oh Lord, and according to your will, you have done these great things and have made them known. So he's just come to a place of humility. He's come to a place before God and just gone, God, whatever you want. Yeah, you brought me from tending sheep and killing bears and lions to ruling a nation. And he was willing to change plans. He was willing to accept correction. Who enjoys correction from someone? Who, who, who enjoys, um, their, if you're married here, husband or wife telling you something that you don't want to hear? No one enjoys that, hey. Who welcomes that? Hey, tell me, and um, tell me how I'm doing in this situation. Am I caring for you enough? How did I do when I was in that thing? You know, we got in the car one time after I preached, and I said to Sarah, "How was that today?" And she said, "Did you realise you said this?" And I'm sure we might have one of those conversations after today. <laughs> but you don't want to be wrong, do you? But humility, when we're in a place of humility, especially before God and our characters to be molded and we can be in a place where God can do something, something more powerful and God can have his way. And David was in that place where he could actually say, God, yes, you brought me this far. Shape me, mold me. But that takes humility. It takes trust. And he didn't just do what he wanted to do. He listened to that wise counsel. Have you got people in your world that can come and speak into your life? I think we should always have someone that can speak in, into our lives. Not someone that just comes and tells you, because that that's not welcomed necessarily. I'm sure, like I said, David would have had people there given his, their two cents worth. Hey, you should do this. You should do that. You should do this. You should do that. But Nathan there was someone that he trusted. He was someone that he knew was hearing from God. We should all have that person. 
And if, if you don't have that person, you need to seek after that. Whether it's someone um, that you, you, you trust and that you know is that bit further on in life, um, whoever it is, you need to have that person that you give permission to speak into your life. And it doesn't need to be a whole bunch of people. So I wouldn't get up here and say, hey, speak into my life. But it needs to be someone that you've got relationship with. Someone that you know is hearing from God that can come and say, hey, have you spotted this thing? Have you working on this thing? Are we willing to adjust our plans? That, that's, for me personally, that's tough. Because if we've got a plan, we, we're going on this pathway. And we're going to do it because that's what the plan was. But we need to always be listening to God. You know, Paul talks about where he was um, going on a missionary trip and he's heading off and he, he's like, this is what we're going to do. And he's writing to the people and he says, actually, I need to make a change. Um, and he says, I'm not going against what my word is, but God's brought a change of plan. And sometimes, our, depending on our personality, maybe our stubbornness, our pride, or, or maybe just a feeling of, my, I have to fulfill what my word was, can actually stop us from doing what God wants us to do and to make those changes and those adjustments. If we're open and aligned to God, willing to adjust our plans, he can come and do something incredible. If we're open and aligned with God, he can come and make adjustment for something incredible. You know, we don't see the future. Wouldn't it be good sometimes? Only sometimes. But most of the time, we're not ready for what God's got in the future. You know, God sees our future from, um, from the past, basically. So if we're standing here and that looks like our future, we don't see that yet. But God's standing over here and he's going, hey, I see where you've got to get to. Um, but just follow, just listen to me. Be, be prepared to make an adjustment along the way. Are we okay with that change when we believe that God's spoken? You know, today I, I, I just feel it's challenged and I, I want to speak into the thought of identity around all of this. You know, David's identity could have been so worked up into the armies that he defeated, the buildings that they'd built, what had been created, but he actually said to himself and to God, hey, you've taken me so far, I'm going to be humble, I'm going to be committed to your plan. But often our identity can be caught up so much in what we do, even with the right intent, hey? Like his heart was in the right place in the beginning. But we've got to have our identity in him. Why don't we close our eyes for a moment? So just really, uh, today, I, I just want to challenge us all, and, and I'm included in here, but maybe today you're struggling with the, the whole area of who you are. Maybe there's a, a disconnect for you between those things of what you do for God and who you are. And there's not a, a real understanding in your soul, in your mind, that God loves you for who you are. You know, he's created you to be you. He's not created you to be someone else. And he's got a credible plan and a purpose but sometimes our identity can be so wound up 
in other things that we're then not focused on who he's created us to be. Maybe you're here today, just as, maybe Adam, if you could come, mate, that'd be great. Um, if you're here this morning and, and you're just really struggling with that whole area of identity and who God's made you to be, um, I'm not going to ask you to, to come out the front or anything, but I just want you where you are right now to respond to the Holy Spirit. You know, God can move in this place and, and touch each and every person, no matter where they're at. And, and I believe our society, identity is just messed up. And we see the highlight reels of people's lives on social media and all these things of how we should behave and how we should be. And, but ultimately, our identity has to be in Him, not in what we do even if our heart's in the right place. And so if you're here this morning, just in your own heart right now, I'm going to pray in just a moment, but just respond to the Holy Spirit right now and just say, Lord, help me to find identity in who you are. Help me to seek after your heart. Help me to, to be in that place of humility. Help me to be in a place where I'm willing to change that path or that direction that I'm on right now. And then just the other area today is maybe in your service and your commitment to God is so built around what you do. And that's faithfulness. That's great. That's awesome. But today God wants to reach out and touch something in your inner being. You know, I don't love my kids because of their report card or their skills in basketball or their ability to prank call people. It's who God's made them to be, who they are as young men. And it's the same with God. Who who he's made you to be is what matters. So Lord, this morning, I just thank you that you are sovereign. I thank you, God, that you love each and every person so much. Lord, that you are just moving in this place today. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you're just touching hearts right now. that just something's shifting in the thought processes of people that maybe identity is a question mark. Lord, I pray for every one of us that our identity is not caught up in what we do, but it's caught up in who you are and who you've made us to be. Lord, this morning I speak life into those situations that might say, uh, I should be like this person or that person or uh, I need to, uh, to be something that I'm not. And we come and speak life into every person's identity that it's found in you and that its foundation is who you've made us to be. We come against any attack of the enemy that might come and bring distraction from the plans and the purposes that you have for every person's life. And God, I just speak life into people today. Lord, I pray that for every one of us that you will just come and do something powerful that helps us to to understand where you are in plans for our life. Lord, help us to each seek after your heart more. 
Help us to be willing and humble to hear from you directly, but also to have people to come and speak into our lives that will challenge us. Help us go further in our faith. Help us to grow in our character. Lord, I thank you that you love us so much, that you intend the best for us. God, help us to follow after you. Help us to journey with you. Help us to be humble and willing to put aside our humanness, our own thinking, and to hear from you. Lord, touch us today in Jesus' name. Beautiful. How beautiful is that? It's so profound. And I think we're just going to stand now and worship. And I think may God just continue to minister into everything that Trent spoke about, our identity. And um, yeah, thank you, Trent. That was an amazing word. Thank you, worship.